Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. I hope our show finds you safe and well. And uh, just a quick reminder before we get started, we are not a source of COVID and the latest and greatest information about COVID uh, or any kind of live information or resourceful information um, such as that. Please refer to your local news or to um, COVID resources such as the CDC and so forth for that information. We've been asked to kind of give that rundown since we are a live radio show here on Blog Talk Radio. I just want to remind listeners of that. And then also after we air live, we do syndicate out. Um, to various places where you can download your podcast. Some require a login and an email exchange. This link, if you're listening live, is always free. You do not have to put your email in to listen to the show live via this format, um, live via this format, or on free download via this format. Some of the places like where we air, like iHeartRadio and so forth, those I think do require a sign-in and maybe even a subscription. Um, We also just came up on Podchaser. Podchaser is a new one, kind of like a... Emily, uh, we have guest Emily, uh, Emily A. Francis, too. Our, our author, Emily A. Francis, is with us here. But, um, Emily, have you ever heard of Podchaser? I just discovered it. No, it's I'm actually cool. looking it up right now. <laughs> Are you? I put it That's in the computer. Funny. The second you said it, I was like, what is Podchaser? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a little, um, it reminds me a lot of Facebook, only um, for podcasts and podcasters and the, and the shows and stuff. So you can connect. Um, friend each other, follow, you know, all the good stuff, kind of like besteveryou.com. You can join our website too and friend and follow. So I think a lot of websites are going in that direction where they're their own community. Um, But then I think we all do hang out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram pretty well too, which um, before we get started talking to Emily about her new book, Whole Body Healing, which is a Llewellyn book. Hello to everybody at Llewellyn. They're amazing, by the way, Emily. I really, I really have enjoyed um, working with that to bring you onto the radio show. She's um, lovely Good. there at Llewellyn. Yeah, very nice. Um, but yes, Whole Body great. Healing is Emily's new book. And you can follow Emily. So it's Emily A. Francis. That A, um, Emily, that A is important, isn't it? <laughs> that A is really point. important because there's a whole lot of Emily Francis's out there, and they're not me. <laughs> so Emily A. Francis. And uh, what's your website again? It's Emily. I, I, it's either books or author. I can never Emily. remember all. It's uh, emilyafrancisbooks.com. Yep. And then Instagram? Emily A. Francis Books. Got it. And then Twitter? Pretty much everything's Emily A. Francis Books. Um, I think <laughs> okay. it's like Emily yeah. A. Francis BK. BK, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we, you can find Emily, like, you know, as I mentioned, Podchaser. A lot of you are going there. Um, but also make sure you, you know, hang out with us on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff, too. We have a live chat going, too, by the way. Um, you can you can click on the show, and there's a live chat going. I don't know if anybody's going to use that, but if you want to, you can. And it's a great place to type in a message to ask Emily as well. We used to use this feature, oh, about 10 years ago. <laughs> so I just noticed they have it kind of revamped, and people are using it again. So I will probably um, let people know that exists there, too. But anyway, all right. So let's get started with Emily a. Francis, um, who has become a, a, a really good friend of, of mine through um, a, a fellow author, Sherrianna Boyle, and then author Jenny Lee. Uh, Emily's a 2020 thought leader on besteveryou.com. Really proud of having her on besteveryou.com. She's the author of multiple books, including her latest one is called Whole Body Healing. There's a ton of information about Emily. You can read all about her background and so forth. I kind of in my head, I won't read all that. You, you guys can read that yourse- yourselves, but I in my head call her the doctor. Um, she's, she, <laughs> that's why I, I call you doc, but I, Except I know I'm not a doctor. Like, you're not a doctor, <laughs> <laughs> but you're a healer and you have such amazing insight into some of the things that complement um, so much of our care. 
And I think it's just really important. I was kind of rereading your book this morning. I've read this book. I've gone through this book three times now, and I, I skimmed through it again this morning. And every time I open it up, I find something new and different. And this morning, I turned to a part about angels that I didn't even know was in the book before because, you know, <laughs> I'm skimming it sure. a little bit. Right. You skip around. Um, right. But, yeah, I'm skipping around kind of um, using it more and like, oh, what do I need to learn today rather than sitting down and just, you know, going from front to back and reading it all. But there's so much information in here. Um, if, if somebody wasn't going to start at the beginning of the book and read it from the from the very front to the very back, you know, all in a few in a week or whatever, however long it takes to read, where would you want people to go first? Because sometimes people do that with books, book behavior, right? Yeah, you know, this I don't write books for you to sit down and read cover to cover. I re, I write <laughs> books for you to to browse as needed because it's a resource manual. So if I were to pick up the book, in fact, when I pick up my own book, I honestly open up to the somatic emotions and the um. I go to the emotional section as one of my main ones because I feel like it's a little secret gem that people don't know about the body emotions and what we're storing because we're, we're conditioned to believe, or not just believe, but to learn from the mind perspective. So the, the feeling wheel and the emotion wheel and, oh, my gosh, those are so overwhelming. You have like 50 to 100 different emotions to choose from to try to figure out how you feel and what I do yeah. is I don't care what's in your mind because your mind is a storyteller. Like in Native American medicine, they use animals as their medicine, and they consider the mind the, the medicine of the coyote. It's a trickster. The mind is, is super animated, and it changes uh, direction and can be influenced, whereas the body, the soft tissues of the body, the muscles, the plasma and blood, the fascia, you know, tendons, different things, the soft tissues in the body store our life experiences as direct information. They're not animated. They're truth tellers. So if I were looking from like the Native American perspective, they would call it the eagle. The medicine of the eagle is just the medicine of the heart. It sees it from a, from a different perspective. But when we experience joyful, amazing, ecstatic experiences, and when we experience grief that takes you down to the ground experiences, they store directly into the tissues of the body, and they're factual. They are, they're actually frozen in time, though. And that's where oh, – sorry, I just had a bug fly right up my nose. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> that's where – we got so crazy. I'm glad we didn't see that. Like, I'm kind of oh. glad we're on audio right now. Not oh my gosh, that was appalling. I had some little like gnats come right into my nose. Wow. Well, it, it, maybe it was like giving me a confirmation or something. I don't know because I was just talking about the animal medicine, but everything has some sort of reason. But but holding on to all the experiences, and and we always talk about healing when we reference trauma. And of course we have to talk about healing and reference trauma, but we also can talk about healing and reference the bliss and the joy and the happiness because those two are physiological responses that are stored within our bodies and we can use them for more of it, for greater enjoyment to, you know, even like muscle memory, when we go and do an exercise that we haven't done in years and then there's like some sort of rejoicing, you know, we have to trust our muscle memory that it remembers even if, even if we haven't practiced something in a really long time, our bodies remember. So we instinctively understand that our bodies remember. We just don't really know what to do with it, and we don't know mm -hmm. how to use it for our greatest good and highest joy for our healing. And that's my goal, is to help us to learn how to use the memories within the body to heal ourselves. Why do you care so much? What is it that, what is it that drives you to to do what you do? You know, that's a two-part. Um, why do I care so much? Because I have spent 20 years doing hands-on body work. Um, why I care so much is because when I put my hands on people's bodies, their, their bodies have so many messages to tell. I've watched people change their life in the most profound ways by allowing themselves permission to heal and to be happy in their life and to be present to their life. And also because not only did I get myself back on track from debilitating, unbelievable anxiety and panic where I really lost like seven crucial years of my life trying to recover but missing, missing so much time. But I also 
found the pathways to recover my child out of an autism spectrum diagnosis, which people hear that and they flip out. And they go, well, okay, I'm done with her. That's not possible. You know what? My, my real goal is to tell you who is to say what is and is not possible with your body healing. It's not for me to say. It certainly shouldn't be for you to say. Don't limit yourself. That's it. That's, what, you know. that's what drives me. Yeah, and I, we've had this conversation a little bit in, in pieces here and there about, you know, kind of like the more information, the merrier, and people can uh, can sort of sift through what what works for them and what doesn't. And I, I love that about this book, which is uh, divided into five parts. Um, do you want to talk about how you divided the book up and, and uh, into the different parts yeah. and maybe why? Yeah. Um, I believe, with all my heart, actually, and this is how I recovered and how my child recovered, that there are different aspects to your body, different layers. And those different aspects require entirely different approaches to the healing. So I believe that when you take one general approach into healing, you wonder why you're not getting the results. And it's because you haven't explored the various layers and levels to your body. So your physical body, your emotional body, your energy body, and the spiritual component, and then also the integration, because it still is, at the end of the day, your one house that you live your life from. But without, like for me, the energy body is so not used and acknowledged in the Western allopathic medicine, and without it, you're missing the miracle keys that live in your body for healing. And so a lot of times when we, when we discuss the energy body, people overlap it and link it into the emotions, which is fine because they're super woven together, but they're not the same. You don't treat them the same, and you're not going to get the same results if you only go in one way. And the energy body to me is where the miracles live inside your body. And before Western allopathic medicine, you have your Eastern medicine, you have Ayurvedic and you have Chinese medicine. Those are like 5,000 years old. They're so much older than Western allopathic. And they are founded on moving energy to create the healing. And somehow we got over here and decided, somebody said, oh, energy's bad. Energy's, you know, the Antichrist. It's not, you're not in line with your religion then. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So now they've even renamed what energy is. So now people call it scalar light. It's the same thing. It's all energy. But people get very weirded out and uncomfortable when you talk about energy. So I try really hard to, well, my job is to research. Do people, I talk about energy all the time. I wasn't even aware of I th- I th- well, really, I live in the I Bible have... Belt. <laughs> oh, well, oh, I live yeah, in the Bible I, Belt, I and it. yes, they flip out. And so y- here it is that, oh. like, okay, here's a really easy example. My mom broke her leg. She broke it through the ankles. Total, total break all the way through, had to have surgery, pins, and all that stuff. I took her to my acupuncturist when she was starting to recover because she had this ongoing pain, nerve pain and physical pain from, from the whole situation. I took her to my acupuncturist one time, and three days later, lo and behold, my mom had zero pain. All the pain was gone. To my mother, that's a coincidence. To Mm -hmm. me, who knows better, you had your energy body replenished. You had it, whatever the blocks were in your chi or your sacred life force energy, or let's just call it your blood flow for all that I care, you had them unblocked. Now the pain is gone. You allowed your body to do what it knows how to do because the blocks are, are removed. But to her, there's no way those two could be connected. It just doesn't make sense to her. So she's like, oh, yeah, that's just a coincidence. I cannot tell you how many times people have that kind of treatment and call it a coincidence, which is great. You can call it whatever you want. But to me, a coincidence is like a miracle performed by God anonymously. Right. You know, Do, it's all there. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm from a variety of different places, and um, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, moved to California, now live in Maine, and all these things. And I I just sort of, I, I guess maybe I I do what's right for me and um, figure out you know my, what you know like for example, my husband, I've been like, hey, let's try acupuncture on you for that. It doesn't work on him. For me, that's my go-to, and we've talked about that before too. too. So you know, and and maybe that's why there's some pushback here and there. Like certain things just don't work for for you, or you're not open to it, or whatever it is. But one of the things that I love about this book is it's a training ground for everything you might have a hunch about, or intuition about, or be thinking about, or have heard about, or whatever. It at least explains it in a comfortable 
um, digestible way. And then you can kind of sort through what you want to follow through on and what you don't. And I think it's a really cool approach. And again, that's just my opinion. Um, others might differ. Um, but I think it's a cool approach. Um, it, it's a reference manual, like you said. So like if, if you're skimming through here and you've never heard of, um, you know, something that's in this book, you can certainly read a little bit more about it and then either ask you or, um, you know, make you read another book, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I want to encourage people to do their yeah. research. If something that you read kind of gives you that chill or gives you a resonant, then yeah. I want you to look into it. But really, you know what I say, because I have a mentor for my child, and she's incredibly invested in everybody's decisions in their healing, and she's really a little, little too invested because, it, you know, you're the mother, but you're the mother for your child. You don't get to dictate what other people do. So I've really realized and put it into my own mission statement that my personal calling that I feel led to do is to research as far and as wide and present that research without an attachment to what anybody yeah. chooses. Because yeah. I think that's the other part that I used to not pay attention to until I realized I'd get the hammer down on me if my decisions were different than other people in this in my field and and the thing is that's just not for anybody else to say especially when it comes to kids because nobody can follow like a mama gut your mama soul <laughs> knows what to do and mama how to bear. do it and where to go and unless that's your kid you don't have that same little spidey sense you might you know you can look at other kids and, and have a, a very vested interest but if they're but when they're yours you know when to toe the line and go you know what this is no this, I'm willing to go and try it out. It's, it's up to you. And I, I just, I feel like that's a really important part of this is that I am not attached to what you choose. I'm not attached to what you think of the information that I give you. This is completely my offering to you, but you don't, you don't have to take it. You can just right. say, but I, I promise you that I've put in more years of work and research than most everybody else. And I don't mean I know more than anybody. What it means is I'm more open than the average person. So I have picked up so many avenues of healing because I was flailing for years and had no way out. Even, even though my acupuncturist helped me so much, no one person can help. And so you have to figure out how to gather your healing team for whatever the situation is. And that's the other thing I do want to say since this book has come out, I've had a lot of emails for very specific illnesses. This book is not for sick. If you're sick, it's not, not if you're sick, it's, it's that there's no conversation in this book about any specific illness. The, the, the book is about no matter what the situation, whether it's something that's, that could be imbalanced in your emotions or in your energy body or in your um, spiritual practice or with your physical body, your job is to gather your information so you know where your starting point is. But this book does not talk about this kind of illness or this kind of cancer or this kind of autoimmune disease. We, uh, we are not going down the path of if you have this, then you can do that. My point is if you have this, then here's the avenues that I would start to gather my information from, and then here's your jumping point to get started. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does, and I think it's also um, important to note that you also kind of touch on um, the various religions and approaches and um, so forth. So it's, it's, again, like you said, it's, it's open-minded and, and so forth to incorporating a variety of different uh, beliefs as far as wellness and healing go. Um, but you do in the book in Chapter 2 have five pillars for whole body wellness. And I thought it would be fun mm -hmm. to maybe go through those on this show. Um, we have about... 20 minutes left, but you know, I don't, I don't know if you want to spend the whole 20 minutes on that, you know, maybe, maybe five to seven, if you could, and then we'll keep going. Sure. Does that sound, is that a fair amount of time? If you need yeah. more, we, yeah. Can, yeah. we can keep going. Um, but right. I, so I love the five pillars for whole body pillars. wellness. Sure. Um, so we have the five pillars for whole body wellness and these are, again, I'm just laying out. So I want to start with food and diet. Um, a lot of writers like to tell you what to eat and what not to eat, and they follow a specific prescription. My point of food and diet is really to figure out why you choose what you choose and if you have certain attachments or addictions with food or behaviors around food and where the emotions come in 
with your eating. So I never tell people what to eat except for, you know, try to choose whole foods, low in sugar. Uh, organic is always the best. I mean, you know, you have your bottom line things, but I do not follow a specific diet and it's not, it's not for me to tell you. Again, nothing is for me to tell you. So I do offer the food and diet, but I offer it very different. Like I do want to point out, in my graduate studies, I learned that there is a huge connection between bipolar disorder and, uh, and bulimia. So a lot of times people will have an eating disorder and be diagnosed with a bipolar disorder. And, and those are just things to look at or a secondary trauma that happens to come in the form of eating after a person has experienced a, um, a sexual assault. So my, my approach to food and diet is very different than the average approach to food and diet because I want you to be healthy and to be aware and to get started. So I talk about the difference between a, a registered dietitian and a nutritionist and what kind of studies you need to be one or the other and then some of the holistic nutrition as well. So that's, that's my idea of food and diet is more a, a round approach. Um, and then uh, the next one is uh, sleep, proper getting good sleep. And again, uh, sleep is such a hard thing because you, you have so many different avenues to help you sleep healthy. But I also give you permission that at different stages of your life, sleep doesn't come as easy, and that's okay. So we have to know how to work around our sleep habits and how to improve them. So we go into that a little bit about our sleep. Uh, the third one is stress control. Stress can kill you quicker than any disease in the world. Stress has so much weight into our body, into the tissues, into the belief systems that our bodies have about ourselves. Stress is such a silent killer, and, and it's so important to me that we do learn, that we do always have a choice with things that stress us out. We really do, and I know that makes people so mad. And there was a time in my life where it would make me mad to hear, like, well, you know you always have a choice. And I'd think, then you don't know my life. I don't have a choice to keep these people in my life or this thing in my life. You know, but the truth is, we're given free will for a reason, and there are opportunities that we can make some changes. It doesn't mean I'm, – I'm not saying go quit your job. I'm just saying that there are ways to make your life more fruitful every single day, and we have to learn how to manage our stress in a way that gets us healthier. Um, number four is proper mindset. Taking an attitude of gratitude truly will change your life. And it will open your eyes, and it will allow you to see such a wider picture in any space that you're in. So a person that's super stressed and isn't grateful would walk outside, and all they would do is complain about whatever the weather is or what's beneath you. Or you're not even noticing that the, the scope for the eye is very small. But when you become grateful, the scope to the eye becomes huge. And all of a sudden, wow, the sky looks amazing. The air smells so clean in my body right now. My nose, I'm so enjoying this. My body feels really alive because I'm breathing. And I'm so grateful to be healthy and to be on my feet and outside. And then, boom, you start noticing, wow, look at those birds in the trees. Like the whole perception of life changes in any place that you're in when you become grateful, when you become aware and when you realize that you are part of a really huge picture in the world. Uh, and the last thing is proper movement. Uh, I can't do the pillars of wellness without proper movement. And what I talk about is, of course, proper exercise. But I don't need you to go run a marathon. I just want you to do something that makes your body feel alive. It would be great if you could break a sweat every day. It would be great if you took a walk every day. It would be great if you put on a, a, a song that you love and groove it down, but something, something to remind you that you are living in your body and it's a place of rejoice and it's not a place to tear down. And I think that's really important, but everything is really a perspective and an awareness. And that's my hope and goal is to help us wake up to the fact that you're alive right now on this planet and right now there's a lot of people leaving. So you being alive right now on this planet is such a blessing and a gift. And I don't want any of us to take it for granted another moment because that will change your life. And when you change your mind, your body will follow suit. All the memory tracks inside the soft tissues of the body, and there's many, many different memory tracks, 
there's different memory tracks with your blood and plasma. That's where the memories get moved around. There's a different memory track in the fascia. It's like being downloaded as a CD-ROM and all the memories store and move. There's a different memory track in the muscles themselves, muscle memory. There's a different memory track in your mind. And, and when you stimulate all the memory tracks to be on the same team, that healthy living and, and being will rearrange the body Right beneath your eyes, the body will start to rearrange itself to accommodate that perception of your reality. And it doesn't mean that every person's going to heal. And I preface this at the beginning of the book. This does not mean that I can affect anybody's length of their life. But I do want to affect the quality. That's hmm. it. That's what yeah, I got. No, that's what I got to <laughs> offer. It's <laughs> a lot, and I, I think that's a lot to offer people. And I think it, it gives people really super positive energy, faith, and hope. Um, you know, and 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 ideas, and you know, avenues to be their best um, and healthiest best. Um, I noticed that after each of the five pillars, and I thought this was an incredibly useful part of this book. You have practice uh, sessions, if you will. And, um, for example, on page 29, you have, like, little practice affirmations and um, practice beginning moving. So each of the five pillars has a practice. Do you – I love shows where people can, you know, get these pearls of wisdom with a little bit of of help to kind of take action and get started doing something that somebody is suggesting that they might do to make a change. Do you want to go through a few of the practices? And, and uh, what yeah, they correlate um, to? Just a few. You don't have to go through all of them. Uh, but you maybe know what? pick Let's a few favorites. Let's do the practices on page 28 for, to lessen your stress. Because Perfect. when you can get into a smaller single-pointed focus for your health, it does help. When I just talked about a wider perspective with gratitude. But for your health, let's get into a single-pointed focus. So I'm just going to do four. You're just going to breathe in and breathe out. And we're going to do four affirmations with our breath. So the big thing before you take a breath in is to exhale all the air out of your body first. So get rid of all of it, all of it, all of it, exhale. And then just slowly, if you can close your eyes, great. If not, don't worry about it. Inhale love. Exhale fear. Inhale calm. Exhale frustration. Inhale tranquility. Exhale rage. Inhale, vacation. Exhale the name of anything that's really driving you crazy right now. And you might want to redo that one again. So you inhale, (laughs) vacation, and you exhale the name or thought of something that's really driving to the heaviness. You know, there's so much happening outside our doors, and we know this, and there's so much hate and fear outside our door. There's also a lot of love and rebuilding and big shifting. But when it gets to be just way too much, which we're all feeling, I just want you to slow it down and name the things that mean the most to you. And you breathe it in so that it's in your body. You want to have it. And then you exhale and release the things that you just just can't deal with right now or don't want to deal with or that weigh you down. And when we just start to do those breathing, it's interesting, but the more you do it, the more you'll start to settle on one thought in and one thought out. And that becomes your mantra for the day. And you just stick with it. So one of the things I do is I, um, on Best Ever You, I carry this like a couple steps more. And I ask people to do this so much that eventually they're inhaling love and exhaling love and inhaling calm and exhaling calm too. But that's a practice, isn't it? Where you're, you know, so you have kind of both. Um, Do you, do you suggest people do that as well? Or is it always inhaling, inhaling positive and exhaling um, the lower vibrations? Uh, I do both. I do do both. And you know what? I I actually picked this one up, and I really love it, is when you want to feel closer to God or whatever word you want to use, I imagine God right over my head or in front of me, and I exhale, and it's his inhale. He exhales, and it's my inhale. And then we just go there, and I don't have any thoughts except for how grateful I am that he's willing to take this time away and play with me in that space and allow me to get into their space. And, and so I love that. And, and I, you end up dropping any of the thoughts and just sharing space. 
And that's actually a practice later in the book, in the spirit section, for you to connect with your spirit. There's, there's practices through the entire book. There's detox baths. There's remedies. There's, and there's also go-to charts in the back that you can look up if, if some of it was a little overwhelming. Or if you haven't read the chapter and you start looking through the charts and go, wow, what is sophrology? What does that even mean? Where is that? And then you find it in the book because you know what chart you know, or what is pranic, pranic healing or, you know, and because I'm a body worker, I put in a gazillion different body work therapies that a lot of people don't know exist. So a lot of people will just go to the spa and go, oh, I just want a massage. But really, if you have some sort of um, ailment, then you really want to look into like integrated manual massage and orthopedic massage or twina or uh, acupressure or yep. um, there's so many, like myoskeletal release. There's so many cool things out there for you, and they're in this book. This is me. You can hear me kind of flipping around the pages because I'm, I, I love the fact that this just has so much information in it, and it's not written at a level that you can't understand. That's another thing I like about your writing is when there's a new concept, it's, it's easy to understand. It doesn't make you feel like, oh, you missed that. You don't know that. You know, it's not like a condescending read. Um, it's it's an energetic, helpful read rather than, uh, I can't believe you don't know that by now type read. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, know, even when I graduated from massage school, because I did clinical and neuromuscular massage therapy, and we started to have to learn to speak like a medical professional so that we could work in the medical buildings with doctors and be taken seriously. So we were, <laughs> we were teaching and learning all this really anatomical facts. And then you get your regular clients, and they look at you like, what? What did you So you say? have to relearn all the language again. So you have to learn like, okay, this is the origin insertion. Oh, what I really mean is, and then you do it really basic. And that's the way I try my best to write is the really basic form of what I had to learn and break it down so that it's not so overwhelming. Because I don't know, I don't know why, but people love to use the big words, and, and some of them just are so unnecessary. <laughs> They're just yeah, not necessary. If I have to get a dictionary to read you, it's not going to impress me much. It might impress yourself. No. but <laughs> um, Okay, exactly. so what, one of the other parts that um, I really love about this that people don't talk about too much out loud, I still don't think, is being an empath. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go there with us for a while? Or, uh, uh, you, yeah, I, mean, you pick. I would love to. Okay. I think this so, is so interesting. Uh, page 172 on, on Emily's book. Yep, if you've I'm got there. the book and are listening. Yeah. I think this is wonderful. Um, an empath is someone who's highly sensitive to outside energy and can tune into other people's energy. It's more than just being empathetic. It really like, like it's, you're feeling it inside you. And this is why, especially with what's happening outside, the empaths are dropping right now like flies because we're feeling everything. And we're so uber sensitive to all the things that are happening around us. And what I say is if you're an empath and you haven't gotten a handle on your beautiful gifts, it can eat you up for dinner. And I, and I really mean that because it's a gift. But if you don't know how to use it, it becomes a really heavy weight. I love the sensitivity. I am the sensitivity. I feel, I feel so many things. And I'll use an example that I use in this book. I was sitting next to a fellow. I was sitting in a whole circle at this mastermind conference thing. And all of a sudden, I start having this blazing pain in one of my bicep tendons or one of the middle of my muscle on one of my arms. And I started thinking like, wow, did I get hurt? Did I get hurt and not even notice this? I mean, it was blazing. And I finally had to realize this isn't me. This isn't mine. Okay, so then I have to go around each person in the circle. Is it you? Is it you? And I call it tapping in to the energy. You're just kind of visiting for a second. You're trying to feel them. Uh, is it you? And I realized it was the man sitting next to me. And he was so into his own thing that I could feel it. And I was, this is at the beginning of my uh, being aware of my gifts. And so at the break, I walked up to him, and I was so uncomfortable to do it. But I said, excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you, but did you by chance – injure yourself right here he goes oh my god I tore my bicep tendon can you feel it (laughs) it was like okay I got to get a handle on this I have got to get a handle so that's a, a really easy description of the empath I could feel his pain like it was mine and that's what's happening out in the world is we have so many beautiful sensitive souls that really feel so deeply as if it's happening to them that we don't know how to stick up the wall and go, okay, I do feel this pain and I appreciate it, but I can't go down the ship with you because it isn't mine. 
And what I used to do is swallow whole these horrible things that happen to people that I love and sometimes not even people that I love. And I would take it in and almost digest it for them as if it somehow lessened their pain. And honestly, it doesn't. So we have to figure out how to use it to be helpful and supportive and loving, but not to the point that we walk away feeling like somebody hit us over the head with a hammer. And and even like in massage school, they talk about transference of energy, that somebody will come in and they'll have a raging headache and they'll leave and their headache's gone and 10 minutes later you're dying of a headache. Like it's empath is more than just an understanding. It's a transference of the energy and the imagery and the things that other people feel. And it's spectacular if you know how to use it for the greater good. But if not, like I said, man, it will have you for lunch and eat you for dinner. And, and it's horrible. It's really hard because you don't really know how to live your life anymore because you're feeling so many other people's feelings. And so we have to, we have to nourish this gift, but also to guide people through, which I try really hard to do in this book, to help you navigate that you're not a bad person when you put the boundary up between you and somebody else who's falling. How does an empath, an empath watch the nightly news? They don't. They don't watch the nightly news. Empaths do not watch things like that. How does an empath watch all the animal abuse that's out there? They do one of two things. It crumbles them or they get into animal rescue. Who's the brave that can stand up against those things and watch it anyway, but only if they're willing to do something about it? Otherwise, it's just going to keep you down and on the couch and miserable and thinking that this is actually your burden to carry. And what if there are so many things going on at once that are down different paths that an empath uh, can't process all of them? That's what's happening. That's what's happening with so many people. This is what's terrifying to me because this, what do I do? No, uh, in general, Uh, what do you do? Meaning what what does a person do? Okay, well, I have to say, for one side, if they don't know how to get a handle on it and they haven't managed their coping skills, then a lot of people feel really, really depressed, depraved, and suicidal. And that's just a fact. Right now, with so much happening everywhere, the, the rates of suicide have, have exponentially risen. And it's so many things because we don't know how to manage our own experiences with, with so many overwhelming stimulus. So for me personally, as an empath, I have had to learn how to throw up the boundaries and respect the free will of other people and realize that's, that's, that comes back to my big thing that, that I had to tack on to what I do with it without an attachment to what other Mm -hmm. people choose. That took years and years to get to and to realize that that was a vital piece of the puzzle for me because how am I going to go out there and try to help all these people or put my hands on all these different people and help people heal and not think I'm directly involved or or that I have an actual say? I don't. So I have to realize that your free will and your decisions are yours and I can support them the best that I can and I can inspire opportunities for change, but I can't demand anything. And so, uh, you know, everybody that's feeling totally overwhelmed by a million things, you have, to, you have to go through and sift. Which ones are the most important to you? How much can you do to make a difference? What parts can you not change? What parts are you going to have to, what parts are you going to have to close your eyes to? I do animal rescue. I see horrific things every day. And it does harden you because you realize that there are so many that you cannot help. I, I donate all the time and I share, but there are a mm-hmm. lot of things that are way out of my control. So you have to learn how to not become desensitized, but to accept that, that that is out of my control. So what are the things that I can change? And then I try to stay in those places where those I can zones, affect yeah. change. Yep. All right. With um, just six minutes left, right? I'm going to, op- I'm going to open up a giant can of worms, right? <laughs> I'm going to go to the, let's go to the end, of, end of the book and um, talk about, this might be too much for six minutes. So, Emily, if we go over a little bit, are you good with that? Oh, yeah, I am, yeah. Or do you have, okay. Because no, I no. think it would be a really wonderful period of time to talk about, you know, spirit work. And um, with, a, you know, with the open mind that you have given us on um, – page like 191 and I've got your book right with me can you can you explain this 
gathering your spirit <laughs> a little team? bit for radio. Yeah, I I think this is such a great place for a great open mind and such a cool discussion. This is this is such a I'm surprised you didn't put this at the very beginning of the book. This is like hidden in here. God bless you. (laughs) You know, it depends on who you are and where you're coming from. You know, it's interesting. When you start to learn a wider perspective on spirit, you can't unlearn what you're learning. You really can't. So my whole life changed drastically when I was 23 years old and my best friend's boyfriend died and he kept us up for a year like would wake me up to teach me about the other side. And it's really easy to be like, nope, that's not true. Nope, this book says that. (laughs) And when somebody who's actually passed away is like, hey, I'm trying to teach you here. I am here. This is what's going on. I I became an avid studier, and my whole belief system was completely turned upside down. But here's what I believe with all my heart. If you go on a quest to disprove something in faith, I promise you you're going to come back to the center with a stronger faith foundation. I don't think you're going to walk away and, and not believe that there's something bigger out there. And, and especially because I do work with people who have cancer, I always, always quote one of my favorite clients who did unfortunately pass away from cancer, but one of the things she said was, you will never meet an atheist in the chemo suite. You just won't. You just, they don't live there. Everybody that is facing a life-threatening situation, their really strong grip to only one belief tends to lessen and they start to listen deeper and wider. And I believe personally that every religion all has love as its foundation and that where you were born in the world and the way that you were taught doesn't make you good, bad, or wrong. And so I also love to study the different faiths because they all have something really spectacular to teach and to offer. And I personally, like I, I, am, I am a Christian, but I call myself a Christ, Christian plus, and I believe that Jesus was like super open-minded, and we've forgotten that. So I, I feel like Jesus is like hanging with all the other people and thanking them for their help and for their assistance, and, uh, and we, we down here have gotten really mixed messages, and the, and the message of love has gotten a little bit cross-wired. So um, the reason that I do Gathering Your Spirit team is because for me who does hands-on energy work and healing work, uh, I open myself up as a channel for, for spirit to work through me. And it's not always the same energy. And so I have learned how to uh, come into a space with a person and ask who they pray to instead of me exactly. coming in and saying, here's who I pray to, here's what I do, here's how things heal. The truth is, again, this isn't my path, it's yours. And if I can't respect and honor your path and bring in those that you pray to and try to get to know their energy and their feel, then I'm like, I just, I find that so foul. I really do. Um, so I decided to put out there uh, the, major, the major belief systems and who their main people are, if you will. Um, I also this talk about lesson. what's an ascended master. It's a great lesson what? if you don't know it. This is a this is like such a great lesson if you don't know this material. You know so what? I I'm going to tell a story that I don't usually tell that, that tell really it. shocked me. I was at a Jewish wedding of somebody in my family. Somebody in my family married a person from Israel, and uh, we were we were all eating, and it turns out that they decided not to do kosher food because they were having a little resistance towards their own family and decided that even though they knew their family was kosher, they are not going to do a kosher reception. So we're all eating this incredible food, and I realize that half the room is not eating. So I walk over to one of the people, and I say, oh, my goodness, can I serve you something? Are you hungry? And she says, I can't eat. I can't eat any of this food. None of it's kosher. And I said, oh, my gosh, I was mortified. You know, and I went to my husband, who actually cooked all the food, and I said, why? Why would you guys do that? And he said, oh, because I was told not to, and this is why, and, and okay. So here's the deal. So this minister, who's southern and not very well enlightened beyond anything than what he's been taught for his whole entire life. So he's an evangelical minister, and he's in the family too. So he says, what, that it needs to be kosher? What does that mean? And I said, it means that the animal, that a rabbi blesses the animal at the time of, of slaughter. He goes, oh, minister, I'll go there and bless the food, and then it's kosher. You know, and it was like, oh, my gosh. 
I cannot believe you actually just said that. And I cannot believe that you lead a church and you've never even looked into the religion of Jesus no, himself. It's a religion. Like, yeah. How do you not know some of these basics? How have, how have these people really never, ever studied outside of this is what it is, this is what you should believe, this is it? And you never even think to question or to even get to know your guest, Jesus, if he's your guest. You don't even know. He didn't die a Christian. He died a Jew. He didn't, you know, he was a Jew, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with this. But don't you want to know just some really basic things that are out there? Because if we don't and we don't study wider, then we miss half the stuff that our beautiful foundation might, might be on. And it was appalling well, to me. And it was really yeah, disappointing. This is, this is key to, like, the group that we have on um, Facebook with 3,500 people in it right now. That group is not everybody all the same. It's so different. And I love that group because everybody completely respects each other. It's so such a learning environment. And um, it, it's just been so much fun to meet all the different people. Uh, and and this, is, this just kind of adds to it. I, was, I thought this was a really neat part of your book anyway. I just wanted to tell you that. And, um, and the audience listening, I thought they might really enjoy this, especially some of our best ever you know, groups who are just so. completely open like you know that. I, yeah, I think so, for sure. I hope so, because you know what I find here in the South is I, I, have, I've, I find myself going, I think you'll love this book as long as you stay out of the spiritual section, <laughs> to a lot of people, because I know that they're going to look <laughs> at me and turn on me, which is so sad, because, again, I my job know. is to do as much research as possible and present it without the attachment to your choices. I think but I want to give you as much information as there is. People open-minded everywhere. You just have to keep, I think you, you have to keep open too on that. And then you'll, you'll attract, yep. you know, who wants and needs your information. Those I think people. that's probably going to be really, really important for you too. Um, I, the one thing before we go, um, because I just saw Amy commented in Instagram. She's like, yeah, you're going to love her. I'm like, yes, I know. Amy wrote your forward. Do you want to talk about Amy? Really fast before we go, because I, yes, think I it's love Amy talking about I love Amy. her. Love her. <laughs> Hi, Amy. Amy. Amy B. Share is like one of my favorite people. And when I found her book, How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can, I was in the midst of writing The Body Heals Itself. And it was the closest to my work that I'd ever seen in print. And then I found out we were both Llewellyn authors, so I emailed Kat and said, you have to put me in touch with her. And from then, awesome. Amy is one of the most glorious, giving unselfish people I've ever come across, especially as a woman to other women. She is so incredibly generous. And, and I just, I adore her with my whole heart. And I, and honestly, after reading her book, this is how I saved my life. That girl has earned every bit of wisdom that she's got because her (laughs) story is shocking, amazing, incredible. And she has, she's done the work and then some, and I just adore her. So thanks for letting me have that because she's so awesome. And, yeah, no, and and I love the, I love that she wrote this, and I, it just made me smile. I'm like, oh, there's Amy. Okay, cool. And it's been a joy to um, be involved with the different people that you and Sherryanna have introduced me to, and everybody's so welcoming and such a great group of women. Um, I I just can't even believe. I think about when I first wrote Percolate with, with Hay House, I wished for a group of people like you all to, sh- to show up or be included in or, you know, cause when you're a new author, you have no idea what you're doing. You're just like, please no show, show me so what annoying. I'm doing. No idea. Yes. And it took a while. It really did. That wish did not come perfectly true until like this past year. And now I have you guys. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I had you guys by my side, when I first wrote Percolate, things would have, my, my mindset might've been like so completely different with that book and everything. And now it's, now the book has a different energy behind it, and it's so much fun to have Percolate out there right now. I'm having so much it's more fun with my book, book these days. Thank you. Um, I have really and, enjoyed and, sitting down and reading it. Yeah, and, and not the point of this at all, but what I'm saying is it's just so nice to have people like you, Jenny Lee, Sherryanna, Amy, you know, all of these amazing women. And it's unusual because we're all signed with the different big publishing houses we're not all under the same publishing house and it's so much fun to put all the books together and see it's like oh that's a Llewellyn book that's a Hay House book that's a Sounds True book that's an Adams Media book you know I think that's kind of cool it says a lot it's awesome I think it says a lot and honestly your energy has been so incredibly 
perfect to make our group and to gel us and to help us <laughs> to keep you. having each other's backs and knowing that you're not out there alone. And honestly, I've been needing somebody like you for so long to, to remind me that we're there, that we're out yeah. there and that my people are around exactly what you talked about. And it is, it's so beautiful to meet your birds of a feather and know that you're my <laughs> yeah. people. You're my tribe. I love having a tribe. I have longed for a tribe in this work, in this field, because book writing is no joke. And if you haven't like really been oh. in it, you really can't begin to imagine how gut wrenching it is because in the end it's supposed to look like it was easy and all that other stuff very few people will ever really get. And, and I love when people start writing books and they write to me going, oh, my gosh. My God. I had no idea. <laughs> 50,000 words is a you lot. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And then you meet people like you guys and it's like, ah, oh, you know what I know. It. I get you. You get me. You got this. I got you. Let's make this happen. And let's help? light this thing up and show people. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. important. So, I all right. It. Um, everybody can go to emilyafrancisbooks.com, and then also all of Emily's books are available on Amazon. I also want to point out that um, with Amazon being, yeah, I, I think they're kind of on the ball, but they're a little bit slower with books and um, and so forth. So if you need the ebook, those are good grabs right now too. And um, so I'm kind of becoming a big fan of ebook. Um, I don't know. Did you did you do an audio book with this? No, I wish. No. Okay. Um, yeah, no. I don't have an audiobook either, and I can't even imagine. I've I would heard love, stories love. that people have to audition for their own audiobook. I think that's funny. Oh, um, I haven't heard that, but I, 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 we'll talk about that Trust off the up. air because there is a story there, but I definitely can't wait to have an audiobook. All right. Will you do me one favor before we go? And would you read? Yes. Uh, can you go to your introduction? Mm-hmm. And can you read what's in italic there? For me, and we're going to close on that. I thought that'd be nice. So everybody, go to emilyafrancisbooks.com and um, get Emily's book, Whole Body Healing, and all of her books are there too under her author page. I just put a blog post up on bestoveryou.com, and I have to go back, Emily. I need to put up your author page so that people can access all of your books. Okay, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, go for it. You are close powerful. Be- okay, here we go. You are powerful beyond your imagination. You are highly capable of making extraordinary shifts in your life. Your body's ability to heal is so much greater than anyone has ever permitted you to believe. Set the intention now that you have the power within yourself to heal, grow, recover, discover, create, and expand through every level of your being. I believe in you. Love it. We believe in you. Thank you very much for listening to us here today on Best Ever You. And Emily, thank you so much for your time and your energy <laughs> and your book. Thank you so much for having me healing. on. <laughs> All right. Love you lots. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And again, um, <laughs> if you, thank you. And if you um, didn't catch this show live, this, re- this uh, link works on replay and wherever, you're, wherever you guys get your podcasts. You can get that at iHeartRadio, Podchaser is a new one we're on, um, Stitcher, iTunes. I think they call that Apple Podcasts now. It's changed. But anyway, we're here for you. So um, thanks again to Emily A. Francis, emilyafrancisbooks.com. Her book is called Whole Body Healing. It's published by the incredible publisher out of Minnesota called Llewellyn. And uh, we wish you well and success with your book. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.